Hello and welcome to the Cherry Hills Church Podcast. I'm Luke Martin and with me as usual is Jenny Elliott. In this podcast series, we're responding to questions that you have asked about prayer so that we can wrestle with some of the theory and practice of prayer together. If you have a question about prayer you want to submit to us, we want to know what you're asking. You can visit our website, cherryhillsfamily.org slash God, and click the tab that says questions about prayer to send us a question. So let's jump in. Our first question today is, is singing worship music considered a form of prayer? All right. I know you're itching to answer this, Jenny. So why don't you just start us <laughs> off? <laughs> oh, you know, I am. You know, I am. 100% yes to this question. Singing worship, if our hearts and minds are engaged, is absolutely prayer. Now, if you're just listening to music and singing along is entertainment, then no, it wouldn't be worship or prayer, whether you're in your car or at the church building. You can put notes to any words and sing them, or you can put notes to words and pray them. The latter is worship. One exercise we've used at times as a team to prepare for worship to encourage everyone is to encourage everyone to pray through the lyrics on their own throughout the week without singing the notes. It's a great exercise to be able to express those words from our hearts and not just sing them. I could go on and on here, but I'll tell you that the lyrics that we choose are very, very deliberate. We want to sing words to God and about God to glorify him. And so all of that's really important to us. But when we take those words, strip the music away and pray them, um, what we bring then to to our leadership experience is so much richer, but it, it is prayer. There's prayer underneath all of that. So I just want to challenge you this week with one thing. Go somewhere alone. And I understand for some of you, that might be very difficult. This is difficult for me during COVID, Luke. I'm just letting you know, (laughs) okay? Um, Love my people, but you know, not a lot of alone time. Um, So think your closet or maybe your car. (laughs) Put on your favorite worship song and invite God into that place and that moment and practice praying to him that way through singing. I dare you. Wow. Okay. You've all been dared. Including you, Luke. I've I've been dared. (laughs) We've all been dared. So now we have to do it. Okay. Um, yes, for me, I sing occasionally in my prayer time. That's not um, super regular practice for me, but I've done it. I do it. Um, I, and I'm not, I'm not, le- I'm the least musical person. So it's, uh, I think anybody can practice this. You don't have to be a, a musical person, um, but it's absolutely, you know, it can be a form of prayer. I think the thing to keep in mind is whenever we're trying to define prayer, whenever we're asking does this count as prayer? Whether that be a question about singing or silent prayer, meditation, pre-written prayer, whatever, we should always be trying to widen and rather than narrow our understanding of prayer. So I just mean to say that sometimes it's like, oh, I love to sing and my prayer time can just be jamming the latest Hillsong album. And I say that music and other creative forms of prayer can for sure be part of their practice, but it should be just that. It should be part of the practice uh, and not the whole thing. So by recognizing that we can pray creatively through song, we should be enlarging our prayer life and not reducing it. And um, just as a, a biblical answer to this question, you'll find scripture blurs the lines between singing and praying somewhat frequently. You've got Paul and Silas who are said to be praying and singing hymns in prison. You've got Mary's song, the Magnificat in Luke 1. That's, that's a prayer song. Moses and Miriam's song in Exodus after the escape through the Red Sea. That's a prayer song. And then of course, you've got the Psalms, which are uh, many of them prayer songs. So, there's some good biblical precedent for this as well. Absolutely. I think back to the question we had talked about last week about Brother Lawrence and practicing the presence of God. And really, I think worship's far more about more than singing. It's it's kind of the same idea. It's this lifestyle of worship that all parts of our day and all parts of our life 
our worship unto God. And I see prayer the very, very much the same way. Yes, we can do just what you've said in discipline. Um, and, and we don't want to reduce our prayer practice to only this, but I think if we've not ventured out to consider that our singing, even on a Sunday morning corporately or in our families corporately now in our homes, um, or by ourselves is not worship. Could we challenge ourselves to think about those, those words of worship as prayer? Right. Yeah. Presence. Totally. All right. So our next question is, how does one explain the importance of prayer life to those who claim to be Christians, but never pray? So the question I think here is, is why don't they pray? Right. We want to understand that. So, you know, in my own life, there have been times and I've rationalized prayerlessness. I don't have time. My personality is wired for other forms of spiritual practice, uh, which is, you know, sort of a theological way of saying prayer is not my thing. Right. Um, and you got the whole sovereignty thing. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, so on and on. And my guess is for those Christians who don't pray, there's some reasoning going on that creates a life without prayer. Uh, but I'd also wager that some of those rationalizations may be going unchecked or unexamined. Maybe the statement, I don't have time or I'm not any good at it or does it make a difference is actually just a surface level of a deeper wrestling with prayer. So it's important to understand the root issues. And to do that, we've got to practice compassionate curiosity. We've got to dig a little with some humility. Uh, perhaps the reason we, sh- we should consider this, right? Perhaps the reason they're filled with doubt about prayer or anything else is because they've thought it through more than I have. Uh, my faith is simplistic while their doubt is intelligent. So just to be clear on this, right? It's better in ignorant, obedience than a knowledgeable disobedience. But I'm just saying that we should at least be empathetic and allow their experience to lead us into a deeper, uh, deeper faith and better questions. So that said, I'd say it's important for relational and formational reasons to practice prayer. And I'd, I'd probably want to frontline those as I was talking to somebody about this, right? Prayer is one of the most deeply formative practices that we can engage in. Um, I often say it's, it's like watching grass grow, right? Watching grass grow isn't exactly exciting, You'd have to watch for a very long time before something perceptible caught your attention, but you know that growth is still happening, right? The next week, you're still going to have to mow the lawn. So prayer is kind of like that too. Uh, Even if it's boring, even if you don't feel productive or entertained, even if you don't see immediate growth, you are changing. So I'd say guilt, shame, right? That's going to be counterproductive, but patience, compassion, understanding, persistence, those are going to be needed. And of course, the best thing that you can do is just deep in your own practice of prayer as you model that. Absolutely. That's a really great answer there. Uh, I don't have much to add. I just, I don't know how to have a relationship that's very rich or rewarding without conversation. And prayer is many things, but at a basic level is conversing. And I would just like to encourage the person that asks this question to ask their friends curious questions, just like Luke said, um, to help surface what's actually going on that's keeping them from prayer. So uh, final question today is, can or should prayer change? In other words, I feel like I pray differently when times are good versus when times are bad in life. I would say absolutely. Um, Read the Psalms. Really, I really want you to go read them. (laughs) Um, It's such an incredible instruction book on how to pray. You see all expressions of emotions displayed in this book of prayers. Rejoicing, delight, anger, questioning, all of these emotions permissible and welcomed before God. Um, As a starting point, if you are in between a reading plan or you don't really have a reading plan right now, I would encourage you to take a Psalm a day corresponding with the day of the month. So on May 20th, read Psalm 20, on the 25th, Psalm 25, and so on. 
Yeah. Um, that, that reminds me too. Tim Keller has a good book, um, praying through the Psalms as well. That may help you kind of devotionally if you take up Jenny's offer there. Um, it's a great book. Yeah. So there's no question that your prayer life can change, right? hundred percent. I, I feel a tension, however, between consistency and prayer practice versus adaptation to circumstance and emotion. So you don't want so much change that there's, there's no true North, right? No real pattern to fall back on when you just don't have the energy or the words, but you don't want such a rule in place that you restrict your emotional life and won't give yourself grace to adjust to new seasons of life. So I'm going to advocate for a prayer liturgy. And, and by liturgy, I just mean a routine, a habit, a pattern for your prayer life. A ritual does not stifle the spirit. So you don't have to worry about freshness and originality. Uh, if you're praying a liturgy with biblical and historic prayers day in and day out, that's great. Keep it up. You don't need to feel any pressure to, to mix it up. God's not bored. Uh, I've heard it said that traditionalism is the dead faith of the living, but tradition is the living faith of the dead. So if you've got a tradition that's life-giving for you, that's great. That may sustain you in really difficult seasons where prayer is an act of the will rather than an overflow of the heart. Uh, and then within that prayer liturgy, build in times for praying the Psalms, build in times for extemporaneous from the heart, free flowing prayer and express the full breadth of your emotional life within those moments. Uh, and then when circumstances in life require a change in the habit, feel the freedom to do that, right? Shorten your liturgy, lengthen it, pray different words, do whatever. So hundred percent. Yes. Right. To change in your prayer life. That's great. But I'd recommend doing that within a fixed liturgy that way you don't find yourself only rejoicing in good times and only lamenting in bad times. Then prayer won't just uh, express your emotions and circumstances. It will form you in them. I appreciate that a lot, Luke. And I just, I want to give a word to the parents out there in this um, season of change and uncertainty. Um, what are the rhythms and patterns of your own spiritual disciplines, including your prayer life? What are, what's the impact that those disciplines are making in your home? We are in such close proximity with one another right now that we have, have a real opportunity to just lean in fully to what God would have before us in terms of our, our spiritual disciplines. And um, I know that, you know, one day when I look back on my life, I want my kids to know that I was present and leaned in before God. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone's schedule has been thrown out of whack right mm -hmm. now. So I don't think there's any uh, shame if your, your routine is, just gone or if, you know, uh, you're looking for some sort of change within that. But I do think there's just a sense of, of opportunity that I hope we all would feel invited into if this is a season to develop a new sort of consistency or alter something within our, our routine. Absolutely. And that, that we would, that we would feel that extended grace of God as we go about doing that in these unprecedented circumstances is really, really important. All right. Well, that's our time today. As always, send us your questions. We love getting to think through these. Yeah, this is super fun, formative for us. So thank you listeners for helping us get better at prayer. Uh, Jenny and I are appreciative. We will be back next week. Thanks for listening.